0: This is an RNZ podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child. I'm Catherine Ryan, and here we draw on my conversations with experts on nine to noon to help you navigate family life. Ah, uh, but now I head. I think we head to Tongariro National Park, do we, Sashnu
1: Yes. Yep. That's my uh, my new my new hangout now. Ah. Uh,
0: we're saying be careful to children exploring the outdoors meaningless. Adventurer and educator Sash Nukata thinks so. He says so often people tell their children to be careful, but he believes it's counterproductive and can induce fear and make them risk averse. He says it's more beneficial to explain what to look out for and how to avoid hazards when you're in the outdoors or at the playground. Sash Nukata works for the Sir Edmund Hillary Outdoors Education Tongariro Centre as the tertiary programme manager. Uh, so, uh, welcome, Sash, lovely to have you back on the show.
1: Thank you, Captain, thanks for having me back.
0: Beautiful part of the country and a place, of course, where many adventures are had, but, again, you need to know what you're doing.
1: Yes, yep, Um, interestingly, the 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 careful word, we start with that, I guess, and uh, I've been preaching to students for years about not saying be careful to their students when they're working with uh, young school kids and things, and uh, I just think... Uh, yeah just it, in a lot of ways it, it's an epitome of that that the message that we're sending the kids that life is dangerous to, to not take risks not do anything just you know stay in a safe zone and uh so I've been yeah preaching that for a long time actually instead of saying be careful uh I think you know I, I challenge people to just what are you actually trying to say uh, and I guess you know what we're trying to say is actually you want them to watch their feet, pay attention to what they're doing. I I I think that we you know a lot of us parents you now, and I've been a bit guilty of it when I had first had kids. Was you know I'm saying be careful just to comfort myself. I'm actually not telling them anything, but just to comfort myself. If you get what I mean, be prepared to use the old
0: scouts adage, or you know um, have a plan, or have a. Have a great time would be a good start as well. What are the kinds of things you can say to convey the same message? And the message is, I don't want you to come into any harm, and I want you to be aware of the things you need to be aware of to minimise your risk of coming to harm. That's a bit long. So what are some of the things you can well, say to convey the yes, message?
1: Well, I, well, So there's a couple of things there, Catherine. So in terms of the actual words, I, you know, I just challenge... I guess myself and my parents who are terrible at saying be careful to my kids and my parents are, and to students, like, what are you actually trying to say? And that's usually pay attention to what you're doing, you know, at the high in a playground or something or back of a couch. You, know, you just want to actually, look, pay attention to what you're doing, watch your feet, and you can actually tell them what you actually want them to do. Usually it's like pay attention to your feet, watch where you place your feet or, or something like that, just being really specific to what you actually want them to do, what they can do to keep themselves safe. Um, the uh, the other part of that, I guess, is that I guess as parents and as an outdoor instructor, you know, it's our job to expose them to enough risk, an acceptable amount of risk, that so they can exercise judgment, but not to a, you know a dangerous amount of risk. And that's our job really is to keep them safe. But I think you know, at an appropriate playground, they should be able to you know explore safely without us yelling out, "Be careful! Be careful! Be careful!" every every half a
0: minute. Words matter. We know that that we internalise them and that they can have a a wider impact than just their literal meaning. And equally, if you are just saying be careful, as you say, is that in lieu of passing on useful information? Let's start in the playground, which is the first place where children begin pushing boundaries and... Finding out about gravity and finding out um, yep. about what happens when you misjudge something. Let's let's talk about some of the things you can say to even quite young children, to give them the not only the practical advice, but. The mindset that this is adventure and it's great to do, but I need to I need to think about what I'm doing, or I need to um, assess the situation I'm in. What are some of the things you can say to even quite young children?
1: Well, I guess you can you know uh, you're with them in the playground. They're going out to uh, an age appropriate height, and you know at a certain age you can start asking, like, "What if you slipped here? What, what if you fell here? What would happen?" And I guess if they understand consequence, yeah, you know, if okay, if I did slip here, what would happen, I'm going to fall and hit the they're going to be really sore. And I guess they still need to be a certain age to understand consequence, you know, I think school age for sure, uh, and what would happen. And I guess same with our students, you know, it'd be like, at this stage, if, if you were to slip, what would happen? Oh, okay, you would fall and hit the ground and really hurt, you, badly, you know, badly hurt yourself. So, okay, let's do something about it. So, we, you know, we can, the consequences isn't so bad. So I guess yeah, making them aware of that consequence and um, I, I think that be careful with Catherine It's just I mean, I guess we've we've been we were told maybe we were told as kids you hear other parents saying it, so it's just that natural Reaction, not a, it's not a natural reaction. You just copy what everyone else is doing because that's the norm. To say be careful
0: as you're building up this sense of adventure, whether it's in a playground or where it's in a, in, in the outdoors. Do you need to have uh, a plan? And some people do this very instinctively, naturally. But for parents who um, you know haven't spent a life in the outdoors or playing sport or being physical, mm-hmm. what are some of the practical things you can learn to help teach and and encourage or support that, this kind of their education?
1: Um, I think, you know, if you don't, if parents don't have their outdoor background, there's definitely clubs and scouts and things and uh, that can help out and, you know, you can send your kids to scouts and they'll get that sense of adventure. But also I think, Catherine, um, if you go back to a certain period, and I think people my age would definitely say that when they grow up in New Zealand, you know, you this about the old days, we can just scoot off to the local park or the um, the, the nearby beach and it's kind of like your parents know you're out there. They don't really know where you are, but they know that you're just going to come back when you're hungry at dinner time. And, you know, I think that's still there, but it depends on where you live. Like if, if you happen to be near a park or, or a safe park or a beach, you know, kids can, it's that free play that we used to, uh, some of us at a certain generation used to have. You go out, you're just exploring with your friends and you're building that judgment instantly, you know. Not only that, but you you you're, it's free play. It's initiative. It's judgment. It's decision making, and you're building really great friendships with the friends that you're exploring with. So it's a multiple win situation. But it depends on where you live, I think. And also, what
0: are you finding um, about what's happening in schools? Because teachers are the other players here as well. And is that message also sometimes coming through the education system?
1: Yes, and it depends. I think it totally depends on school to school. Like I think uh, you know a lot of a lot of schools are doing some really great things and some teachers out there are really motivated in this area to, you know, have good school camps and, you know, get out there and, and do some EOTC education outside the classroom and kids learning outside. But then there's, I've definitely seen some schools where they've, you know, chopped off all the branches on the tree so the kids can't climb the trees and can't play ball, rice, can't do anything, you know, that remotely. And, and it's I think it's, just, it's, it's that fear of litigation, fear of you know, um, yeah, that side of things, which is unfortunate. You know, um, yep. So I think, yeah, outdoor education's slightly under threat in in the school system. I feel. What
0: happens? I mean, it's been a wonderful summer um, with most parts of the country um, getting good weather and also, of course, with us being able to be outside and not, uh, you know, stuck at home under lockdown. And will there be a real momentum that builds up at this time of year?
1: Yes, I think so, yeah. You know, we've just moved to Taupo from Timaru and um, there seems to be... And I'm working here in the National Park and there seems to be a lot of people out and about. But I guess... uh, Again, just in, if parents don't have the outdoor skills, still you know take. You can still anyone can take their kids to to the local park, or the local beach, uh, local reserve, and just let the kids you know uh, ha- have free play time in nature, and just you know not having to take them. You know, all, I'm guilty of it, always having to take them to structured things, to gymnastics or to karate or this or that, but just actually just taking them to a park and letting them play. And, Pre-play, I think it's really beneficial. Um, Yeah. What are the building blocks
0: for children to gain physical confidence? Um, You know, we've mentioned the good old playground, but what are the other ways that you can build their own skill set but also their confidence set?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, gymnastics, a lot of, I think there's a lot of good in sports, and you know, obviously sports, a lot of kids play sports, and a lot of parents want their kids to play sports because they see the multiple benefits, you know, teamwork and uh, physical health and et cetera. But I think, again, out- outdoor pursuits and outdoor uh, activities and education, Catherine, can, is just a really big, can play a huge part in kids' development and, and in the wider society, you know, I just think through through outdoor experiences can potentially learn, you know, not only being their best selves and, and learning good human and life qualities, such as positive attitude, initiative resilience, which is all topical, which are all topical things. Also, um, the being holder side of things like, you know, children can get a lot of, you know, mental health is a huge topic at the moment. And there's a lot of benefits and you know, well-documented, not only are you getting physical uh, fitness and coordination and things from playing and exploring in the outdoors, but a lot of mental health benefits too. Um, I could go on, you know, environmental appreciation, kaitianga, um, kaitiakitanga, working with people of different backgrounds. If you're in the outdoor education setting, you know, forced to put acknowledge differences, find common ground and work towards a common goal. So there's a there's a multitude of benefits, I believe, and physical physical being one of them.
0: Let's talk about that reticence that parents often had. It was interesting talking about the fabulous school initiative in uh, Porirua, six schools all hooked up with the cycling um, uh, Uh, initiative, and every single kid at one school had a bike, Uh, every single kid, and they were out there and using them. With cycling, there's often a real fear, uh, and and a genuine fear among parents um, about safety on the roads and about the drivers as much as the kids. uh, What, What can you do to assess your own environment and work out what is a realistic activity for your kid to go out and, and develop their, their, their skills and develop their independence and, and develop their freedom. Can you do some planning yourself about about that?
1: Oh Catherine, okay. so I think yeah, that, that's a hard question. Um, again it's very much dependent on where you live, isn't it? Um, with the, how you assess what's, I guess it's a gut instinct thing really, and um, you know, some people live in a very child-friendly area, and other people just don't. And bike nets take cycling for an example. You know, I, I know of people that teach in Auckland, and they happen to cancel cycling trips at secondary school because they're getting students that don't that can't ride bicycles. And to me, that's amazing. But you know, can, how can you grow up in New Zealand and not ride a bicycle? But then I drive around Auckland. Some some areas, I can totally understand why you want want your children to bike. But then you go to a um, Little rural, like me locally, it's very safe for cycling. So it depends on where you live as to what and how. And I guess if you live in a very busy part of, say, Auckland or Wellington, and it is not conducive to kids' cycling, you know, you might just have to make and program that time uh, in the weekends or after school to actually load the bikes onto your car, take them to a, a local bike park or a pump park, which is really, really safe to um, ride a bicycle. And again, I'll just mention, you know, if if, if that's all too much and too busy, maybe tap into scouts, um, a a local climbing club, uh, et cetera.
0: What are you hearing from teachers because we talked about the school system also having a part in this but we know school pools are in decline uh, we know room for um, playgrounds is often being turned over to room for classrooms with with schools bursting at the seams um, and a lot of time um, and or money for um, you know after school and sports activities sometimes prevents yeah. that happening as well and are we seeing a decline in the physical confidence and competence of, of many students?
1: Uh, I mean, I, anecdotally, I would say yes. Um, ha- having you know b- b- been in the industry for thirty years, Cass, you know, I-, I would anecdotally say yes. And I think a lot of education teachers would probably agree. Um, yes, I think there is. Uh, I, again, I have, I've had very little experience in the secondary space. So I'm not really qualified, but from where I'm sitting, it just seems like the 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 cost and the risk factor, or the perceived risk factor of it, is is Uh, causing a lot of schools to pull away or out of outdoor education which is again a a real shame I think I just think
0: Are there legal issues as well because of course understandably people want responsible health and safety but has some of what's required made some schools balk particularly at the outdoor activity end?
1: Uh, I think it's just unknown at this stage you know Legislation that's gone—you know—the the, um, Adventure Safety um, Act—I just think it's a little bit untested. A lot of people are just playing the conservative game, you know. Um, so yeah, people are just a little bit unsure how it applies to school camps and what what would happen and who's liable if something happened at school camp. So I think people would rather not test the law or, or take the risk than actually you going down that path. So I mean. As far as school campstone things, I think, you know, if they run well, which most of them are, they're very safe. Um, for instance, with the program that I ran in Timaru for 12 years, uh, 80 90% of our incidents have to do with skiing and, and biking. Most people think skiing and biking are quite safe. Nothing to do with rock climbing, whitewater kayaking, or mountaineering. You know, those had almost zero incidents. So um, there's a, you know, maybe the misperception of how risky things actually are.
0: Is that another thing, as you say? There's a gap between the fears that people hold for their children and young people and the the reality. It's not that something never happens. It's that actually it is likely to be very rare.
1: Yes, no, I absolutely agree, yep. And I think, you know, I think people see, you know, it's that classic, people see somebody, uh, some kid got uh happen on the way home from school somewhere and suddenly everyone's driving their kids to and from school because of that one thing but just to remember that it's very very rare and same with same with the outdoors I think you know as soon as there's a one mountaineering accident it's on the news but keep in mind that there's hundreds if not thousands of mountaineering trips that go without any anything happening so um yes the, I think there is a misconception misconception of what's of what the real risk of certain activities
0: are. So, she made an important point. When we say be careful, we're often thinking about physical activity and physical potential, physical risk or, or, or hazard. Your point is this is about hazard management, and it's about being in the right frame of mind and, um, uh, as you say, being focused, thinking about what you've got to do. But the counter to any perceived risk or hazard is what's happening to our physical and mental health by the decline in physical activity or or physical competence. Tell me about what your students are telling you, um, in, in the new role in particular, what the new students are telling you about the role of their physicality and their outdoor life on their mental health.
1: Uh, Catherine, yeah, students here haven't started yet, but the, the last year's one, it was interesting. We ran a new course at Ara called Hauru uh, and Wellbeing in the Outdoors, and it had an incredible response from the, from the outdoor students, the outdoor ex students, education students, uh, and just that realisation of how much their mental well-being is linked to their physical well-being. But basically going back to that uh the the holder model of, you know, there's four aspects of well being or holder that are linked, your physical, your mental, your spiritual and your social. And I think it was a big realization for them that, you know, if they're mentally unhappy, it manifests itself physically. And if you're physically unwell, it can manifest itself mentally as well. And I think, you know, a lot of people are realizing that uh that is that, that holds true and and how much the outdoors has to offer in terms of, you know, benefiting both in mental, physical and the other aspects of Holder.
0: Thanks very much, Sash. We've just got a bit of feedback uh, here that I'll read out and see if there's any um, questions for you. Um, cultivate instinctive situational awareness. What do you see? What does that mean? What happens next? What could go wrong? What's the plan of attack? Are they all good questions to ask?
1: Yes, I think so. And and making it age appropriate. But again, rather than saying be careful, it's like, what about what, pay attention to your feet, where you're placing your hands, what if you fall off here? Um, You know, and just you're making them aware of consequence and I guess appropriate action to minimise that that potential consequence Um, is teaching kids initiative. But like, again, you know, um, if you can just let them explore in a, a, on a beach, that free play again, like you know, back, in, good old, back in the good old days, quote unquote, um, you know, that also builds that, that judgment as well.
0: Another's got suggestions words like three points of contact. Is that branch yeah. as big as your wrist? <laughs>
1: yep. Is yep. that rock
0: yep. you're putting in your foot on tippy? Where are you, yep. you going to go next? Yep. Because Absolutely. they're encouraging the child to think for themselves.
1: Yep, yeah, and that's it, isn't it? You're asking questions rather than telling them what to do, asking questions, and the kids are like, oh, yeah, right, is that, branch that have, you secret? Know, will it take my way? What, what, if it, what would happen if it broke, Yeah. And a fellow. I, I just, I, I actually, in terms of the words thing, it's funny, one of my students, actually, students from many years ago, just sent me a hat and it said that she actually remembered me harking on about this word, be careful. And she asked, the cap that she sent me says, be careful. And I thought that was kind of cool, actually. So, you know, and that's what we want our children to be, you know. We don't want them to install fear. I, I just think if you say be careful too much, it just seems that message, life is dangerous, don't take risks, don't do anything, you know. And it's like, what you actually want them to do is, take appropriate risks, look at situations and go, you know, how do I deal with this situation? And giving them that judgment, giving them that initiative and sense of exploration that, you know, um, yeah. So that's what I think we all want for our children.
0: Another feedback here. There's a fellow outdoor educator called Paul says, there's a communication tool we use called funneling. We ask the kid how high up the tree they are. Then, so what if you fell? What is your plan from there? So again teaching them to make the assessments and make the calculations themselves and, and make the plan. I do like this one just to finish. At 16, my daughter rides to school in Dunedin. I got her to pass the road code and did lots of biking with her to prepare for the road. It's terrifying and good.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That's it, isn't it? You know, welcome it, it, to being alive. <laughs> yeah, Welcome to being alive. Welcome to being a parent, you know. that yeah. you, We do need to... It's very... Yeah, My, my our kid's scoot and bike home for school and there's definitely a sense of uh, vulnerability but that's part of I think being me as a parent is there's always going to be this sense of vulnerability that I can't always protect them but hopefully I've set them well enough that they can make the good judgment calls throughout life.
0: Sash, thanks so much. Sash Nukara who works for the Sir Edmund Hillary Outdoors Education Tongariro Centre as tertiary programme manager.